0: Are we live? <laughs> I love asking. <laughs> Yo, what's up? Welcome back to episode three of the starched MMA podcast, your new home for MMA podcast. Uh, we had a pay-per-view this weekend, Big Z. That's exactly what it was. It was an event.
1: Uh, it was an event that we paid for. Um, yep. <laughs> That's that. That is what it was on Saturday. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was a uh, an eventful card. Uh, some fun things happened. Um, most of them happened on the prelims, but that's okay. Those things happen. Um, but yeah, happy to be back. I feel like we got crook shanked. <laughs> I feel I feel like we got absolutely crook shanked.
0: This weekend was just one of those one of those weekends in the UFC where you you left the night feeling just fucking disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. There were there are some good takeaways and we're going to get to everything here but man <laughs> not the best
1: weekend for the UFC. Yeah, listen, this uh this wasn't the worst pay-per-view ever, but it certainly wasn't good. Um that's for sure. But we'll still get into it cuz uh like like you said, a lot of stuff happened. Um definitely uh, a lot of things to take away from it, but um yeah. Yeah, good weekend. <laughs> top of the show here. I actually want to give a quick shout out to my
0: co-host Big Z for the three pages of typed notes. This is fucking epic. And it's going to help us along the way. Um, this is what I do instead of my job. So real, so real, so dedicated to the craft. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. (laughs) We are, um, we're, we're going to talk about UFC 297 the weekend that it was the the Toronto Canada pay-per-view we're gonna we're gonna break that all down for you but to start us off today we're gonna talk about one of the most ultimate announcements that we have ever been graced with I'll go ahead and tell you it is Max Holloway versus Justin Gaethje this is not breaking news because you know we record a week behind but this fucking fight UFC 300 five rounds. Yes, it is for the BMF title. Five rounds, Max Holloway, Justin Gaethje, baddest motherfucker title on the
1: line. Uh, Yeah, so this is going to be Justin Gaethje's uh, first defense of his BMF title. I'm making it sound official because why not, right? It's a belt at this point. So, yeah, it is Gaethje's first defense of the BMF title. Uh, Justin Gaethje is 25-4. and He has uh, won two in a row and three out of his last four. His last two fights are wins coming over uh, Rafael Fiziev and Dustin Poirier. Uh, Max Holloway is 25-7, and has also won two fights in a row uh, and four out of his last five. His last two wins coming over Arnold Allen and the Korean Zombie. Uh, Dude, this is a dream fight. I mean, fans have been talking about this fight happening for so long. Uh, There are so many things I can say. It's just... Phenomenal matchmaking. I'm so excited. Uh, This really has the potential to be like an all time classic like action fight.
0: The last Max Holloway fight at 155 was against Poirier and it was fucking remarkable. And whenever Max goes up, I just feel like carnage is about to be unleashed. This is by and large, like in my time as a fight fan, one of the most exciting announcements I've ever seen. Like I, I am ecstatic for this fight. I, I think it's something that we've talked about outside of the show for years where it's like a what if, you know, it's it's something that that has crossed our minds as fight fans a number of times. We've sat here and been like imagine if they booked up Justin Gaethje and Max Holloway. Two of two fan favorites, two fucking OGs. This 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 is a perfect fight for UFC 300.
1: Perfect fight. Yeah, this is Probably the best fight they've booked in a long time. If I'm being honest, Dana, Dana had to be cheesing,
0: announcing this fight, you know, getting on his Twitter and and going, I've got, I've got a fight. I've got a fight for you. Like he does. I hate him. Dana just doing, doing his own promotion, man. But that that's, that's the gig. And I think, oh, it it really is. I can't get over how epic the matchmaking is. I'm, I'm not even going to try to get into the world of who I think will win yet. That's not even a hill I'm ready to die on. Like we just have to talk about how fucking beautiful this fight is getting made. It, it's so amazing. And, uh, Max's knockout over Korean zombie back in August was just, it, it Vi- was vicious. It was, you, you haven't seen Max put away someone like that in a, in a long time. And it was an incredible fight. And then, you know, Justin's last fight had kicked Dustin Poirier and, uh, that was a tragic moment as an MMA fan, but also a fucking epic moment. Like you said, uh we're getting an actual BMF title defense by Justin
1: Gagey. So what a fight. Yeah, what according, a fight. According to Kaposa rules, uh this is like Gagey's <laughs> like third or fourth uh defense of the violence weight title. I don't know if you've been following this on Kaposa's Twitter, but it's fantastic. Um but anyway, Max has been fighting at 145 for so long. He's basically fought everybody. I mean, there there could be a few other people that you would say you would want him to see him or want to see him fight like Taporia. but honestly, I could see this being a permanent move to 155 for Max cuz like if he's competitive with Gaethje like he was with Poirier, I mean, he could literally be up there at the top of the at at the top of the division at 155 and God forbid he wins, he might get a title shot. Um so uh, I don't know. What do you think, Zach? Do you think this could be a permanent move uh, for Max to 155?
0: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. And and I think it's not a, a bad career choice at this point. Like you said, Hallway has fought the, the who's who of 45ers. He is in the goat conversation in that division, no matter what, you know, people, people can lean and and Volkanovsky did better him. He did better him. But th- those two men at 45 have. Ben the goats after Aldo's departure from the division. Yep, I I, I like the idea of Max Holloway at one fifty five, getting crushed with other lightweights, and you know that that opens the door for some awesome fights too. Because at forty five, I don't feel like there's a lot of fights that he needs to have at this point. No, but the 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 door opens wide moving up. There there's and and Gaethje's just the first one, so that's incredible. Like. There are some outstanding matchups you could have for max at 55 A couple that come
1: to mind, but the one that we just got handed is, is a f- thing of beauty. Yeah. I can't say it enough times. I love this fight. I am looking forward to this fight so much. Um, do you think this will be, uh, end up being the main event for UFC 300 or do you think they're still trying to maybe get another title fight on there? Yeah, that's
0: the question everyone wants
1: to know the answer to. I, I think, If it is,
0: I won't be upset. No, of course not. But I don't know. I think they, I think they have a couple of irons in the fire. I think they've got at least one trick up their sleeve. I feel like it's a comeback. I don't know who don't know what, what their plan is. So we've got, we've got the title fight that we talked about before the strawweight title, right? Yep. We've now got the BMF title. I do think for 300, you want that third title fight or at least another five rounder. I do think like, like I said, iron's in the fire. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is and prediction as to when there will be an announcement. I say maybe they, they blue ball us a little bit longer. <laughs> I, I say maybe mid to late February, we, we hear an announcement about something it's still January cards, not till April 13th. Obviously if there is a huge fight announcement. They got to tell us sooner or later. Like, what if like the week of the pay-per-view, they're like, guess fucking what? <laughs> and it's some garbage
1: like Brock Lesnar is coming back or I don't, I don't even know. Okay. Well, that would be dumb, but the idea of that would be really cool. Like week of, they announced like that the actual main event is like something actually really cool. Like, but the UFC would never do that because they don't do fun stuff. Um, <laughs> the UFC is um, anti-fun. Yeah. Very anti-fun. Um, Thanks, I, Walt Disney. I do... Think, However, there's a really good chance that they end up capping this card with uh, an Israel Adesanya title shot, whether it's at 205 against Pereira or if uh, dricus is able to turn around to time not to get into the main event. But uh, I, I really think that if if they're able to get one of those guys to agree to fight Israel at, at 300, that they really want to do that for a main event.
0: If it's not a comeback, it's got to be out of Sonya, right? Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't really consider it a come. He hasn't been away for a long period of time. Yeah, he's also not been off the roster. Yeah, it makes sense, and the we would get up for it. Obviously, it, it it's going to be incredible when it's all said and done. Uh, I kind of, I feel like Israel versus Pereira at least right now is just a little bit dry. Like I've already seen them face each other twice in the UFC, twice in Glory. It's like I mean, I don't know. The the trilogy is there, but I kind of think middleweight title shot feels feels right and I think that's who Drickus wants to defend against and we'll, we'll get into that. So yeah, I don't know. I I could absolutely see them trying to top 300 with Israel Adesanya's return.
1: Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with what you said about uh Izzy prayer 3, but I don't know. I I think uh, the way that their two MMA fights went, uh, and the fact that this one would be for a title in like a second weight class, I I really think that that would be a really really big fight. And I think if they were to do a trilogy, they should do it sooner rather than later before the hype kind of dies down. Um, I I think now would be the right time to do it. But also that the the Drickus, C versus Israel Adesanya fight would be really interesting too because that was kind of being built up uh, before Sean Strickland beat Izzy. Uh, so I would I would be down for either of those matchups honestly. Um, but if they if they don't happen at three hundred, I am ecstatic with KG versus Holloway as the main event for uh, for three hundred. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, so there it is. Three three hundred is starting
0: to take shape, which is what we were hoping for. I do think. We're, we're in line for at least some more exciting fight announcements. And, and if they haven't exclusively said anything is the main event, no, that's, that's where it's like, you know, are, are they playing you
1: or, or do they, they have something? Yeah. This is all just speculation from us. We don't, we don't really know what's going to be the main event, but um yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty easy to assume it's either going to be this fight or another title fight that gets announced. But uh, yeah. Let's uh move on to this past weekend. We had UFC 297. Uh, uh, C versus Sean Strickland. Uh, your fight of the night was the main event. DDP versus Sean Strickland. Uh, your performance bonuses went to Jasmine Jazdevicious and Jillian Robertson. Uh, like we said earlier, it was it was a good card, not great. Um. There were some really good uh, fights and finishes on the prelims. Main card was kind of tough. Um, the worst part about it is just how late it went. It was like 2 in the morning by the time it ended, and it, that was just brutal. No no, no card should go that late. Yeah, we've talked about
0: this a thousand times off air, but it, it, maybe you start the pay-per-views at, at 8 p.m. Eastern. You know, Please. So, something... It'll never happen because it's they, they love... They love, you know, they love, they just love the 10 o'clock start. Yeah. And like you said, this one hurt, you know, we're, we're always going to watch every card and it's hard to brave through it when it ends at, you know, 140, 145 in the morning. Yeah. Usually that only happens if there's three title fights on the card and you got two, two out of the three going five rounds. Like it happens. Yeah. It happens. But. It was hard to keep your eyes open after the main card. Um so yeah, first pay per view of the year. Uh we'll talk that we'll talk the main event first. dricus gets a and new belt wrapped around his waist, a unanimous decision or it was a split. Split decision. It was a split decision.
1: Yeah, so it was a, a split decision for Dracas two plus C over Sean Strickland, uh 48, 47 times two for Drickus and then a 48, 47 for Sean Strickland. Um, I found out today that uh, on the scorecards, all three judges scored rounds one and five for Strickland rounds, two and four for Drickus. So round three was literally the swing round. All three judges had rounds one, two, four and five scored the exact same way. Two judges scored the third round for Drickus One judge scored the third round for Sean. That was the difference. That is a make
0: or break third round right there. How
1: how crazy is that? It's
0: crazy. Uh, It was a fun fight. Um, We'll we'll, we'll talk about how it kind of all went down. I think I I felt like Sean Strickland does what he does. He was kind of, he was setting the, setting the tone, walking walking forward. You know, sometimes he kind of leaves his chin in the air and he just, he just brawls with people. some heavy exchanges at times Drickus just makes contact. Yeah. And and I think he was, I I think he was getting the better of him, especially later in the fight. Not that Sean has any sort of cardio issues, but it started to seem like DDP was taking the fight to him on another level. Later on, it was very hard to tell where it was going, where the, where the scorecards were going to go. I, I, felt from the beginning that it was going to go to a decision. I was saying it earlier. Um I kind of thought this fight would be one on points regardless. That is crazy though. What 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 you had about the the judging there. That third round being a full blown swing round for the fight.
1: Yeah, I thought that was wild. Uh that that was really really interesting. Um but yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Uh to start off the fight Strickland looked really good in that first round. He it, it looked like a Sean Strickland fight. Honestly, he was controlling the pace. His jab was insane. Uh, and he, you know, after that first round, he really looked like he was going to be on pace to, you know, another decision win. Um, I don't know where in the fight it was, maybe second, third round. DDP just made great adjustments to get Strickland out of his comfort zone. He changed up the rhythm of the fight. He started uh, getting through Sean's defense. And Sh- Sean Strickland has really good defense. Like he stands up very straight for an MMA fighter, but his defense is fantastic. He, like you said, he leaves his chin up in the air, but he's still hard to hit. Um, but later on in the fight, DDP just started getting to him, started blooding him up a little bit. Uh, he did open up a cut with a clash of heads, but still, uh, Sean was wearing a lot of blood on his face by the end of the fight. Um, yeah, I just th- I just really think Drickus did a good job of uh, taking over the momentum of the fight in the second half and uh, just kind of putting a stamp on it.
0: Did, did it feel to you like DDP finally found a way to navigate that jab of Strickland? Because I think Strickland's jab is so effective and toward later on in the fight, like in the later stages, DDP was was managing that jab a lot better.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Honestly, the 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 jab of Strickland was giving him so much trouble in the first the first round for second round, but that that really was the difference. Is DDP was able to finally get around the jab, get through Sean's defenses, and I like actually make him worry about the striking of Drickus. Like DDP was able to take him down at some points too, but that was because uh, Drickus was able to open up a little bit more with the uh, with the the punches.
0: Yeah, I I just I don't know it it wasn't an epic title fight. You got a lot of, you got a lot of title fights in a year, but it, it's congrats to, to dricus on becoming the new middleweight champion. Another, you have to wonder like how they're going to go with that next. Like, do you, do you run it
1: back? I don't know. Like you don't need to run it back right away. If Sean wins another fight or two, I would be down to see a rematch. Yeah. Um, they, they
0: don't need to be in any hurry to rebook it. No, just from a, a champion standpoint and see what, see what they do next for ddp i don't know
1: yeah obviously the adesanya make uh, the adesanya fight makes the most sense for for ddp if for some reason that fight isn't happening um it doesn't make a ton of sense but i think a jared cannonier matchup would be interesting i would just i wouldn't mind seeing that fight It, it could be fun um but yeah really for Drickus, it has to be adesanya next that that that's my opinion what about strickland though um you know, I, I don't really think his his stock drops all that much from this loss because he still seems to be really popular. Like, you know, we saw him grab the mic from uh, from D.C. in the post-fight interview, which I'm sure the uh, the people in the back were not happy about. But, uh, you know, Drikas takes the mic and is just like, <laughs> I don't even know, like monologuing to the Canadian people about how much he loves them and shit like that. It was really funny. But it, it seems like Strickland is still uh, really popular, so he'll be main eventing apex cards, main eventing, uh, maybe some fight nights that are, you know, actually in front of a crowd, but yeah, I don't know. I could see Strickland getting back to a title shot too. Sean Strickland is, is a, a very weird enigma in MMA
0: and mm. <laughs> I'm trying to understand Sean, but like, it, it's not surprising to see that he's grown a fan base too. And I, I honestly, I kind of loved how he grabbed the mic at the end. He, he's a oh, showman. Was hilarious. He's, he thinks it's hilarious, and, and and that's his way of of losing the fight with dignity, and and shouting out the fans is awesome. Like he knows he's got fans, and it was it was kind of epic just to see him like have a a triumphant exit from the octagon. I always love when someone's not hanging their head after a loss, you know?
1: Yeah, he handles loss really well. Like because he said it in the interview, he's like, "Yeah, I thought I won, but ah, fuck it." Like he he just he accepts loss because. He 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 doesn't really care all that much, if I'm being honest. And that's not <laughs> yeah. and that's not even like a bad thing. It's just like he doesn't let the wins and losses define him. Like he, he's just the aw shucks kind of guy. Exactly. Like he he got to the title, you know what I mean? So he's probably just happy that he got there and he's he gets to fight for a living. Um real quick, I want to run a matchup by you because I think this would be super interesting. Um, if Roman Delize beats Nasser Dean next week, Sean Strickland versus Roman D'Lizze, you do it. You 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 do it now. You book
0: it now. You mark your calendar and you book it now before that fight even happens. How, how
1: crazy would that fight be?
0: It'd be it'd be crazy and oh man, I, <laughs> that'd be a fun like fight night headliner or or like maybe a swing fight somewhere. Totally. That that could be interesting. Uh yeah. we do have a Delize fight coming up. We'll talk more about that probably next week. Yep. But uh Yeah, that would that would be a hell of a matchup. Yep. Any
1: final takeaways on the main event, Z? Uh, no, no, I think I, uh, I think we pretty much covered everything, honestly. Um, I mean, obviously Strickland has a lot of options for his next fight that, that Roman deletes anyone is just kind of my personal pick, but, uh, yeah, no, that, uh, I think we covered it. Do, do we have to talk about this next fight?
0: <laughs> we, okay, we do. We do. Sa- right. We said, we, we, asked on Saturday if we had to talk about it. And okay, we, we agreed that we do. Okay. Last week we were like, we want to be professionals. I don't even know if I can keep that same energy right now. Yeah. So we the co-main event, another title fight, another and new for the vacant women's bantamweight title, Raquel Pennington, Myra Bueno Silva. All 5 rounds, what did we have in this one?
1: Uh so Pennington defeats Myra Bueno Silva via unanimous decision. Uh, we've got 49-46 times 2 and then a 49-45. I don't really know which Round the 10 ten eight was doesn't really feel like enough happened in any of those rounds for a 10 ten eight to happen. But I think
0: it was the second or the third, but I could be in. I could be totally wrong there. But when they were reading the scorecards out, I knew I was gonna hear a 49-45 in there at one point. It, I I knew it was coming. Like I heard, I knew that last judge was gonna be dropping a forty five in there. Yeah, he was probably
1: just out to lunch. I was like, yeah, fuck it, ten eight.
0: I don't blame him if he was out <laughs> to lunch. Unfortunately,
1: no, I don't blame him either. Um, I mean, I was fighting sleep during this uh, during this fight. If I'm being honest, um, a lot of fans around the world
0: do not have good things to say about this title fight. It does it. It feels like a setback for the women's 35 division. We talked oh, last week. Percent. We we had discussed last week how the the division needs a bit of a reboot, and it's not like oh, take the division away. Get rid of it, but it doesn't look great. Like that was not a good title fight. It yeah, very, very one-sided. It, it felt like um, this is all stuff we're going to get to, but it, it kind of just felt like Rocky was the better fighter. Raquel Pennington was the better fighter, and Silva just didn't have much to bring to the table, no. and that could be for any number of reasons, but just not a very entertaining fight. Not a lot to go off of. Um, And, and largely one-sided.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, Silva looked good in the first round. It looked like she might be able to, you know, compete with Pennington. Um, But then Rocky pretty much controlled the rest of the fight. Um, Not really much else to say. Silva was, basically out of gas after the third round. She did not have five round cardio at all. Um, no, Silva had a few submissions that were locked up that looked like they might be tight, but Pennington never even seemed to be like affected by them. So, you know, who's to say how close they were even they, they were to, to finishing her.
0: Yeah. A couple of submission attempts, oh, honestly going both ways. If I remember correctly, I think Rocky had a choke in there at one point. Too. Yeah, I think so. And like, like you said, dude, fighting sleep, fighting sleep. Yeah. That's not, that's when you pay for the pay-per-view, you don't want to be fighting sleep during a title fight, no matter what weight class it is. That's, that's not, that's not how you should be feeling during a five round UFC title fight. It's not, I thought Silva's cardio, like you have it here in your notes. I thought her cardio was a fatality in this fight. Yeah. It she she slowed down so early. I mean, I got a, I got a text from a buddy. He was joking, but he was like, Silva fell asleep 45 seconds into the fight. That's not literal, but... She yet. fell asleep in the fight sooner than I did. Her, 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 her gas tank just... It didn't hold up. It, it was... I don't have a lot to say about this fight. I guess we can... We can ask what's next for... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We can ask what's next for... um for Rocky. And I, I think the answer is probably
1: Juliana Pena. Yeah. What, what else can you do? Yeah, no, I mean, it's probably going to be Juliana Pena, but you know, who cares? <laughs> this division isn't good. Like they've, they, there's no talent in this division uh, since Nunez retired. So it's just going to be a lot of, uh, you know, middling female fighters, you know, with the, with a rotating belt. I don't know. Uh, this division fucking sucks. That's all I got.
0: I miss Amanda Nunes. I miss the lioness. My heart hurts without Amanda here. Yeah. All right. Uh, can we move on? Please. All right. Yeah, we, we didn't need to spend any more time on that one. All right. The swing fight. Weird one. Wild one. Neil Magny, Mike Malat at welterweight. It was a not a barn burner, but Mike Malat starting off dangerous, starting off, starting off with doing all the right things. This, this fight had a lot of stuff happen in
1: it. Mike Malott won the first, what would you say? 13 and a half minutes of this 15 minute fight. Yeah. And then just imploded. Like he, I like, I don't even know what happened. He literally won every minute of this fight on the feet, on the ground, and then he literally just, like I said, he imploded. Like he, I think it was a guillotine that he went for in the third round uh, that allowed Neil Magnet to get on top. And Malat was basically just done at that point. Uh, Neil got uh full mount. I think he got back mount and literally just TKO'd him with ground and pound with like 15 seconds left in the fight. It was so crazy.
0: One thing that I thought was unbelievable is First of all, what a fucking comeback for Magni. Fantastic. But what I thought was, was remarkable was Malat chopping down his, his Magni's legs through the first two rounds, even Magni going back to his corner. You could see the way he was bouncing on his toes. He was trying to shake out the the swelling that was coming his way. Malat was so good at dictating everything where the fight was going at dictating all the pace, at dic- at dictating the pressure. He was throwing leg kicks like a son of a bitch. And like you said, like Mike Malott was winning the fight until he wasn't. Yeah. Cra crazy thing. Magni gets the TKO win, not a buzzer beater, but very late in the third round, a huge win from Neil Magni. Who's just been doing it in the UFC welterweight division forever. Another shout out to Magni. It, it's one of his, at the end of the day, it's one of his most cool performances in the UFC, to be honest with you. And it, it was so late in the fight. It was so late in the fight. I didn't feel like he had a chance in that third round. And he, uh, he got the better of him and that's a, that's a seasoned veteran putting
1: in work right there. Yeah. This was a great comeback from Neil Magny. Um, Like you said, one, one of his cooler performances, honestly, and he, he is the ultimate gatekeeper at welterweight. And that's not even to like be disrespectful. Like he is the, he is the barrier between, the the elite and the not elite like if you if if you are an elite you can't beat neil Neil magny he 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 is that that litmus test it's hard to throw
0: around the word gatekeeper in the sport but it does happen there there are guys who just hold that title a little bit and like you said it's it's not in a bad way at all like neil magny is a real test in competition and he has a skill set and he can win fights in a number of ways he's always shown that He's very, very durable at his weight class too. And that's, that's something that like different opponents struggle with him because of his durability. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating to fight someone that you can't beat the shit out of. Yes, yeah. it's, it's hard. So just like, like an incredible performance for Magny late in the third, gets it done. The TKO disappointing loss for Mike he will be back. I know the Canadian fans did not fare well, at least on the male side of, uh, of these fights at UFC 297 but you know Mike Mike Malott will come back stronger and he's got a lot to show and he will continue to do that but just a a sudden wrecking ball from from Neil Magny there
1: yeah Mike Malott is going to beat a lot of dudes like don't don't get that twisted he is still very very good he's you know just got a few things that he needs to work on maybe not trying so hard to go for the finish or just maybe a little bit of uh cardio management but he's still very legit. I think he showed a lot of potential, um, you know, just give him a little bit of a step back, you know, for another fight or two. And he'll, he'll get right back to the spot that he was in. Um, but yeah, just shout out to Neil Magni winning his fighter in, in the UFC welterweight division in, in the history of the welterweight division.
0: Yeah. It's pretty remarkable how, how well he stood the test of time and just his winning percentage is up there. Yeah. There are guys who have beat him, but they've went on, they've went on to do crazy things and, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, not too much else to say there, but this next fight we have even less to say about, and that's going to be middleweight fight, 185, Chris Curtis versus
1: Marc-Andre, power bar, Barrio. Yep, so uh, Chris Curtis defeats Marc-Andre Barrio via split decision. Um, Dude, I I hate these so much. Uh, So we've got a a split decision. Uh, Chris Curtis, uh, 30-27, 30, 27 for Chris Curtis, and then a 29, 28 for Mark Andre Barrio. Um, I don't know how this makes any fucking sense. Like the scoring system is just terrible. I don't know how we have split decisions in which one judge sees all three fights for one fighter. And then another, another judge can see two rounds for the other fighter. Like, I just don't how, I don't know how this makes any sense. Um, Yeah, we, we need a new scoring system.
0: Yeah, I think like judges have no idea kind of what they're watching anyways. And I, it felt like it felt like that whole fight was fought in the last half minute of the fight. It felt like all the exchanges were in like the last 30 seconds like that's where their energy was. Um I I didn't even know if Curtis was going to get his hand raised. That was just a not and it wasn't it was a pretty technical fight. I just think like Not, not too much to show for either fighter. Yeah. It's not, it's not really like anything where they're like, they're going to ride off to the sunset with a performance like that. Like,
1: I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Not a whole lot uh, happened in this fight. It was a lot of just like clinch fighting cage fighting, you know, a lot of like grueling stuff, which I'm sure like when those guys are fighting for the guys who are fighting, it's, it's hard, but like, it's hard for us too, man. Like, This fight put me in a fucking coffin, bro. Put him in a coffin. I swear to God, like, this fight was not good at all. Um, Yeah, I mean, I felt pretty confident that Curtis won just because, like, it felt like he was controlling the pace of the fight. Um, But yeah, really not much else to say about this fight. It it was not good.
0: All right, then. Uh, Main card opener, one we were pretty excited about. Most far boyev versus Arnold Allen at Featherweight um
1: this fight was great Zach
0: yeah th- this this was this was one of the the highlights of UFC 297. I think we were I think we were really excited for this one from the jump and um Iloboyev gets the win and we'll break down the fight for you it was an interesting one it was a very interesting one to start the card.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, honestly, I-, I thought it was a great fight. I thought both guys looked really good, honestly. Both guys looked to be in really good shape, looked on point, uh, were prepared. Um, yeah, d- both guys looked really sharp. I thought uh, Arnold Allen looked fantastic in the first round, like, specifically sharp on the feet, but, like, his scrambles when when uh, Evloev was trying to take him down, like, his-, his scrambles, like, the Gramby rolls and stuff like that, like, those were sensational. Um, I, I, so yeah, uh, Arnold Allen looked really good in that first round, but if came on really strong in the second round, uh, really took over the momentum of the fight, hurt Allen on the feet. I can't quite remember if he like went down, like if there was a knockdown or anything, but he definitely had Allen really hurt. Well, it was that uppercut. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, he, he stunned Arnold Allen. Oh yeah. and And for a moment it looked like. Maybe, maybe like he wasn't gonna go out, but it kind of looked like his eyes rolled back for a second. Like oh, definitely. Ilyumovoyev, like when he lands, this fucking guy is undefeated for a reason. It, it was, it was a crazy fight. Like, I love the way Arnold Allen is so, like, unafraid to to mix it up. He and and he does he doesn't back down. Like, fighting a guy like Ilyumovoyev, sometimes you have to play it a little safe cuz you know you're going to get caught in something yeah. or something's going to happen where you're compromised But just a a never say die attitude from Arnold Allen um this was this was also great matchmaking it's you love to see two competitors that are going to do the dance
1: yeah F- um, fantastic fight honestly um yeah it, it, it looked like honestly i it looked like it it was a uh, a 1-1 fight going into that third round i thought arnold won the first round Ivoyev won the second round little bit of controversy in the third round, Zach, we had a, uh, uh, a stoppage in, in the fight due to so, uh, some, uh, seemingly illegal grounded knees from Arnold Allen. Um, it was one of those things where like a like had his hand down. They didn't have his hand down. Like that, that weird rule where you have to have, have like one point of contact on the mat for those grounded knees to be illegal. Um, it, it was a really weird situation. There was some debate on whether or not those le- knees were actually legal or not. Um, to me they they looked legal i don't know I, I don't think the fight should have been uh should have been paused but i don't know i it, think it, it it just highlights another problem with uh you know the unified rules of mma as long, uh, as well as the uh you know the scoring system like we highlighted earlier it didn't feel so much controversial as it, as it felt like a, a like a gray
0: area like i i don't know if like those knees they're questionable because they're borderline its position you know, like the hands down. So is he a grounded opponent? I don't know. I I, I don't think the referee made the wrong call separating them, but it's up for no. debate. It's up for debate. Like Ilyavoyev did seem kind of stunned by the knees, which is normal in that position. Um, he did recover. He didn't really take too long. You know, but the fight was paused by the referee for a foul, and I don't I don't remember who the referee was in that fight. It was but Mark Goddard. Mark Goddard. Yeah, I mean, Mark Goddard, for
1: the most Who's part, a fantastic ref, by the way,
0: for the most part. Exactly. Mark Goddard knows what he's doing. And I I don't think he would have done something where it was like inherently a bad decision. No, of course not. Just just trying to, you know, in, enforce the rules correctly. And I think Mark Goddard is one of the better dudes in the business for that stuff. I, I respect him a lot, actually. I, uh, I do, too. I just think it's 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 one of those things. You're always gonna have fights with a weird uh, referee insertion. There's always gonna be something where a ref gets involved, and as a fan, you're like, I don't know if that was the right decision. At least it wasn't, you know, a bad stoppage or something like that. Right. And the the fight ends with of, you know, getting the decision win, getting the nod. It was a really fun fight. Uh, Arnold, a little banged up uh from that Ilvoyev throws I don't know just yeah he we'll, hits hard man we'll see what's next for both guys Ilvoyev keeps his undefeated record intact um I can't think of matchups off the top of my head but I'd,
1: I'd love to sit here and try to play matchmaker for these guys but I could see Ivoyev getting a title shot next uh it may it may take a little while I mean he doesn't fight all that often to begin with so like if you wanted to like wait a few months wait to see what happens with Tapuria and Volk. I I would not be mad at him getting the next title shot. I know he's booked, but it almost feels
0: like it's time for Arnold Allen versus Calvin Cater.
1: That did happen. Oh, it did. Oh. Yeah, Cal blew out his knee. Oh. Yeah. There are I mean, so many fights in a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could do a rematch if you wanted to. I mean, or you could just do Arnold versus the winner of Cal and uh, Aljo. Caljo. Caljo.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you could. Um, yeah. So th- that was it for the main card. Five fight main
1: card on the pay-per-view real quick before we move on. There's a, at least in this, this case, there's a real, in my opinion, very, very simple solution. And that is uh, legalizing all grounded needs. They should do it. It's, it's so simple. In the in this specific case, the problem would have been solved. They, the knees would have been entirely legal but I mean, obviously it doesn't fix like the whole unified rules scoring system, whatever. Um, But they really should just legalize grounded knees.
0: Before we get to the prelims, something I want to mention, which I don't, we, we talked about this and we both forgot to take notes on it. But at at the, during the main card broadcast, um, we found out the first selection to the UFC hall of fame in the calendar year, 2024. And that is one, Frankie Edgar, Big Z, the newest member
1: of the UFC Hall of Fame. Frankie Edgar. Frankie, the fucking answer. The answer. An absolute legend of the game. Uh, Contender in three weight classes. Former UFC lightweight champion. uh, Featherweight title contender. Uh, You know, fought a bantamweight a couple of times. But this dude has just been around the UFC for so long. He, let's see, I've got to pull up right here. He made his UFC debut. In February of two thousand seven, this is, is very similar to crazy. the
0: to the Jim Miller accolade list that we were
1: talking about previously. Jim Miller, who Frank Edgar fought on the regional scene before he made it to the UFC, unbelievable. Do you, do you have this uh, these opponents in front of you? Oh, I do. I'm going to read off. <laughs> this is fucking insane. I'm going to read off Frank Yedgar's last twenty two opponents for you guys. I'm so I'm, excited. It sounds crazy, but literally every name is somebody that you're going to recognize. There's a lot of rematches in here, but anyway, so we've got BJ Penn, BJ Penn, Gray Maynard, Gray Maynard, Benson Henderson, Benson Henderson, Jose Aldo, Charles Oliveira, BJ Penn, Cub Swanson, Uriah Faber, Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens, Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, Cub Swanson, Max Holloway. TKZ, Korean zombie, Pedro Munoz, Corey Sanhagen, Cheeto Vera, Chris Gutierrez. Just a, what the
0: fuck? Just a straight up homicide line of fighters across three weight classes. Dude, that's insane. And that is, that is a, and, and there's wins and losses in there, but Frankie, Frankie fucking Edgar is one of those guys who has done all the right things forever Yeah, and seeing him get honored heading into the UFC hall of fame is really special. So deserving. He, he is an incredible person and an incredible fighter. And that I think that's a really awesome choice for the first inductee to the UFC hall of fame this year. And it's always cool when you don't see it coming. Like they, they tell you on the broadcast, but you're, you you did not have prior knowledge of it. I think it's a beautiful thing. No one more deserving of Frankie Edgar to step into that Hall of Fame modern wing. And it's it's awesome to see. I'm really glad we can talk about it on the pod, too. Because just given, given Frankie his stripes, it, it's awesome. F- like, I, I love Frankie Edgar. So.
1: Yeah, he totally deserves this. Um, shout out to Frankie Edgar. And like you said, I really like the way the UFC does those Hall of Fame announcements on pay-per-view broadcasts. Because like you said, we just don't see it coming. Because then you're like, oh, shit, who's it going to be? And then they just like start the package and it's like, I just really like it. Cause then they always have the fighter in attendance too. So then you get to see their reaction with like an entire arena, like a, like giving them a a standing ovation and like, dude, I'm a sap for that shit, man. Usually they start crying and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to start crying. I was
0: just going to say it's a tearjerker. Oh, it's the best. I love the way they do that, man. But the, but the UFC doesn't always do a great job of like, you know, honoring fighters, but you're right. When they do these legend packages, and you know, someone's headed to the hall of fame. Like we've seen some really good
1: ones in the last two to three years, dude. Even the one they did for Robbie Lawler for his retirement fight, the, the not one even in a hall Cage. of fame announcement. Yeah.
0: They've all, they've all been, I just think it's like, it's a classy, it's a classy move by the UFC to honor that these guys are the heroes. Yeah. These, these fighters are the foundation of your sport. And you know, some of them are OGs and they've been through a lot in their careers, but Company men and women, and they have been there from the jump. It's you need the athletes to keep your sport pumping and seeing them get honored in a correct way where they're in attendance and the family's often in attendance. And it's a, it's an amazingly wonderful thing to see when we have a new inductee to the hall of fame, the UFC does a great job of it.
1: Yeah. They should do this way more often for uh, some of their legend fighters, like way more often because it's always a good time when they do it. So shout out to Frankie, the answer, Edgar, newest
0: member of the UFC hall of fame. Absolute legend. And uh, I think without further ado, we're going to, we're going to quickly touch base on the UFC 297 prelim action that we had before our main card. Yeah. Just, just highlight a couple of prelims. Not all of them. Few good finishes. Um, Probably honestly, some of the better fights of the night were on the prelims of this card. And there are nights like that. So we'll we'll talk about them with you.
1: Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) Sean Woodson defeats Charles Jourdain uh, by split decision. It was a really fun fight, uh, you know, kind of like we talked about last week, like we knew it was going to be uh, a lot of, a lot of up action, really good fight. Um, the takeaway from this one, uh, like I said, it was a split decision. Uh, I don't know if Bruce Buffer just kind of like Bruce Buffer had a weird night, but I don't know if he just like pronounced Sean Woodson's name wrong or something like that, but the ref raised Charles Jourdain's hand. And like they had this, like, you know, he was celebrating, doing all this shit. DC had to come into the cage and be like, yo, Sean Woodson won this fight. And it, it was just so fucking weird, dude. Buff did have a weird night. Did you hear the way he said Strickland's name when he was. No, I don't know it? if I caught it. So it's a very minor thing, but it's more of a thing that like boxing announcers do. Like Bru- Buffer like punches it at home. He usually goes like, Strickland. This one he went like Strickland and then just stopped. I was like, what the fuck, Bruce? It was so weird. It threw me off. Yeah, I
0: <laughs> so so it's always fucking weird when the wrong guy's hand gets raised. Immediately I, I saw the, the Peter Yan meme where he's he's got his <laughs> But uh so Sean Woodson wins the fight and gets booed out of the arena essentially because they think that their hometown guy won and it was a close fight. Yeah. Honestly like good matchmaking there too. Um That was a great fight. That was that was like a pretty fun fight to watch. Wow, what a weird what a weird ending though. And uh you're going to have nights like that, but I know the crowd was
1: not happy there. No. No, you know what? And I honestly can't blame them. Like there were like nine Canadian fighters on this card and like seven of them lost. So, like, I honestly can't even blame them for, like, booing all the people that beat the Canadian fighters. Like, honestly, we did that when we were at, at the Garden. Yeah, of course. Like, not a whole lot of Boston fighters, but still, we, we're toxic like that. So, I, t- I, I totally understand that. As a degenerate, sometimes it's fun to boo people. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's way too fun to they, boo people. They, they get paid, we boo. And that's how it goes sometimes. We paid a lot of money for those tickets. We're going to fucking boo some people. I I, I tell you what. Yeah
0: if i if i want to boo a fighter i'm going to but uh you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right next prelim uh jillian robertson defeats poliana viana uh via tko uh strikes at 312 of round 2 uh jillian robertson just get, getting another finish uh dominating on the ground like she usually does just doing what she usually fucking does man one of the performances of the night right
0: rightfully deserved Uh, Jillian really good and a nice win for her in her hometown, Canada. Yep. And she was like, man, she, she grabbed that arm too. Like, you know, Jillian Robertson's going to go for an arm bar. She's going to try to lock in a choke or she's going to try to snatch your arm. Her, her jujitsu skills are, are a very, uh, she's got a really strong jujitsu skill set and it helps her in a lot of fights. Um, oh yeah. Mo- most, uh, most
1: submissions for a female fighter in the UFC.
0: I will never claim her to be an
1: unentertaining fighter. No, she and she's fun to watch every time
0: win or lose. Viana brings the heat too. I thought it, w- I thought it was a good scrap and, um, definitely like the fans deserved some of the, some of these good fights on the prelims. Yeah. Um, and then the next one we have here is, uh, Jasmine jazz Vicious versus, uh, Pris- Priscilla catch I love saying that one. Oh yeah. Um this was the other performance bonus of the night. Um another another Canadian and another finish.
1: Yeah. Uh yep, Jasmine uh Jasmine Jazdavicious, uh wins by submission uh Anaconda choke at 4:21 of round 3. Um for any of you uh a little bit more tenured fans out there, I'm going to read out my notes for this fight. Uh I literally just wrote second coming of Shevchenko versus Cashuera. Shout out Mario Yamasaki. Yeah, this one was bad. Big Z, uh, dude, Todd Anderson referee. That sounds right. I I don't, I don't remember, but that sounds right. This is, this was a case. Todd Anderson would do.
0: This was a case of, of a referee being a little bit negligent. And, and even during the finish, this, this fucking guy was looking away, dude. Uh, there, there were, the, the fight could have been stopped a couple of different times. It isn't the worst late stoppage of all time. But at the end of the day, you have to save a fighter from themselves. And Priscilla Cachueta was getting her tires fucking pumped and not in the good way, not in the good way, not in a good way. I don't know what I wanted to say there. You can keep that if you want, but another car reference, she was getting the absolute fucking brakes beaten off of it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what I wanted. Tires pumped is usually a good thing. Right. That's yeah. all right. We got
1: there. We got there cars. Yep. It makes sense.
0: But uh, no, uh, yeah, she no. actually did. Like, she got the fucking break speed off of her, and it's a bad look by the referee to not stop it earlier. And I think even after the second round, I think her corner could have intervened and stopped Definitely. the fight. She's getting, she's getting her face mauled in.
1: I mean, she was clearly down two rounds. I mean, probably two two ten eights. So like, she needed a finish in the third round. How likely was she to get a finish in the third round? Like, she realistically didn't need to go out there for round three. No. That but you know that that's that's a whole other debate. Some fighters are too tough for their own
0: good. Yeah. It's fucking weird like that. Uh Jasmine grabs the Anaconda choke
1: and Priscilla taps. But she was like furiously tapping and the ref just straight up yeah. didn't see it. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, re- dude. Oh. Like, can you fucking pay attention? Referee
0: referees fucking
1: looking at someone in the crowd. He's looking
0: up at the jumbo. Dude, I don't know. Insane. I don't know what was happening there, but Priscilla was was tapping in serious discomfort. And the referee just like kind of negligently handled the fight, a bad showcase, a good performance for Jasmine. But this, this is like, you feel like the referee ended up stealing the
1: show because he, he fucking did not do his job. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Last thing I have to say, just poor Priscilla Cashware. she has literally been on the receiving end of, Two of the worst beatings we've ever seen in the UFC. And she's gritty. She like, is like she's I mean, gritty. She,
0: like it it takes a lot to get her out of there. Yeah. But the referee's not doing his job here. The ref's not doing his job here. Yeah. And, and real fight fans hate stoppages like this. And that's the fucking correct thing. Uh, it, uh, uh, that's where accountability has to come in as a referee. Yeah. You've got you've got somebody's life on the line here. And it is cage fighting and you know, there, there are some things about cage fighting that are not always pleasant. And there are fighters who end up in bad situations. Yeah. Just a, just a bad look for, for this referee. And, you know, I, I don't know. And it just always leaves you with a bitter taste.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that got really hard to watch uh, in, in the second half of the fight. It just, it did not need to continue the way it did. Um, But yeah, we don't need to keep harping on that. But, no. Yeah. That about sums up. 297. Um, yeah, like we said, it was eventful, not the best pay-per-view, but that's okay. 298, 299, 300 are all going to be fucking sick, so we'll get over it. No fights coming to you this week. Um, we will
0: still record a pod next week. We're going to try to pump out weekly episodes for you and give you everything we can about MMA and the UFC, And but
1: I hope everyone got to enjoy UFC 297. Uh-oh. Well, I just wanted to say real quick before we sign off, just, just a couple of fight announcements that, uh, we didn't want to name off at, at the top. Just figured it'd be better to do at the end. Uh, Jim Miller finally got his fight for UFC 300 against, uh, Bobby green. What do you think about that one?
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's not what we expected, but. I love how quickly they turned around, Jim Miller. Um, Jim Miller versus Bobby Green. OGs love to bang. Not gonna, not gonna cry about anything. They go out on their shield no matter what. Yep. And Jim Miller, Jim fucking Miller, officially will be fighting on the card Thank for God. UFC 300. Thank God, dude. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it would take long for them no. to have a fight announcement for him. So, no. but Miller and Green, it's a banger. Kind of surprised it's never happened. I feel like it's been booked before. Maybe, but, uh, yeah, so that, that's going to be a great one. I'm happy to see that Jimmy got his fight.
1: Yeah, that's a great fight. Still hope the Paul Felder fight happens someday. Cause I feel like that's just perfect matchmaking, but, uh, yeah, Jim Miller gets his fight for UFC 300. Going to be a banger. Just a few more. I'll, I'll rifle through these. We don't really need to, uh, give any opinions on it. Uh, these are actually all just fight replacements. Anyway. Um, Ikram Alaskaroff is out of his fight against, uh, Anthony Hernandez, uh, so the new opponent for uh, Hernandez is going to be uh, Roman Kopilov at UFC 298 uh, on February 17th. Uh, also at uh, UFC 298, uh, Tatiana Suarez is out of her fight against Amanda Lemos. Uh, so Lemosh will now be fighting Mackenzie Dern. And then lastly, on February 10th, Lerone Murphy is out of his fight against Dan Ige. Uh, Ige will now be fighting Andre Feely. That is a... UFC apex card. I actually love Ege versus Feely. That's a great fight. Yeah. Um, If I'm being honest, I'm not even sure I knew that Ege versus Laurel Murphy was happening. Yeah. I don't think I did either. Yeah. Some of
0: these fights just kind of fly under the radar sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think that just about does it for us this week. Yes, sir. I feel like we got to everything. Um, I hope, I hope all the fans in attendance got to enjoy UFC 297. There were some make or break moments. It seemed like they were having a good time, but the the crowd was good. The crowd was really good. And uh, yeah, like I said, no fights this week, but we'll pop back on next week to record and talk to you guys. And I hope everyone stays frosty.
1: Hell yeah. Thanks for listening everybody.